Episode one of Squad Talks here with Rhythm Squad. Me, Danny, Pats, Huncho, Andy, half of 48, technically mm -hmm. 24. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I guess for the episode, none other than Mr. Alex or Mr. Bainlet himself. Oh! Yes. And uh, are you are you happy that I said it right for once? Yes. Not saying Bainlet. <laughs> Actually saying Bainlet, how it's supposed yeah. to be pronounced. So for y'all that don't know, that keep saying that keep saying his name wrong. The reason why the A's like that, yeah. Put, so put some respect on his name. <laughs> the A's like that because it's uh, valent is like taken out of covalent bonds because of the way I came up with my name. We can talk about that later, but yeah, that's why it's valent and not like valent or anything else like that. Hmm. Covalent bonds. Yeah. Covid. Ooh. Explain Ooh. something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I didn't do it. I swear. So tell me, where did you grow up, dude? So tell me about I, yourself. Yeah, I grew up here in Dallas. So my whole life, just been growing up here. Um, didn't move anywhere else. I started like in like more South Dallas, and like now I live Carrollton, so like really north North Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, but just like little suburbs. But yeah, like I've grown up here and been in this whole scene, like in this area, growing up. So sweet. Uh, okay, so other than DJing and now I guess getting into producing, mm -hmm. which I'm pretty sure you've been doing for a while, but I yeah. feel like now it's like where you're starting to really like pick up on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So what's something else about you that we don't know? So something super random that a lot of people don't know about me is uh, I'm actually an Eagle Scout. Sounds nerdy as hell, but uh, <laughs> like I grew up doing a bunch of like crazy shit. So I did just learned a bunch of random shit and did a lot of sports and whatever and scouting was one of the things I did and I made it all the way up to Eagle Scout which is pretty cool so is that like like the I guess the mature version of the Boy Scout so <laughs> I guess so I mean technically yeah it, but it's like the highest ranking that you can get okay. inside of the scouting organization when did you get into EDM so I got into EDM uh, probably about 11 to 12 years old um, started with like Dead Mouse and Skrillex just okay, picking yeah. up on yeah like Ghosts and stuff, and then obviously like cinema and all that good stuff, like the OG Skrillex tracks, the OG Dead Mouse tracks. And I remember like being like, wow, I like this. And I put it like back on my old iPod, like the iPod days. Oh, the ones that they weren't even like a scroll wheel at the time. I think you had like actually like a button input. Yep, mine, mine was like a good old button input and everything. I put like a bunch of just Dead Mouse and Skrillex on there, and I would just listen to it on like my ride to school and everything. So I feel like everybody had that like same that little, yeah, that's but, in the community now. Yeah, pretty much. Started there, and then I started exploring into other artists, like finding out about Excision, you know, other um, major like OG Dons, like Flux Pavilion, Doctor P, uh, Cookie Monster, Rest R. in Peace, the Cookie go, Monster, yeah. the go. but like you, you know, all these OGs into the episode, and even Twelfth Planet back then, like before. Well, he bro, he is a he is an OG. Yeah, you want to talk about OG? He is OG. He's one of the OGs, but yeah, ever since then, I just that's all I've been about. Like I can't go a day without listening to like some sort of Electronic, electronic dance music. Yeah, like some sort of electronic music. <laughs> so, so, so it's uh, EDM, right? Not EDM music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> the thing for me though, I read a, a funny comment about that because obviously everybody knows EDM is electronic dance music. But, but it's like the people that are outside of the like people this outside lane. it's like EDM music. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like the same thing as saying ATM machine. So like ATM stands for like automated whatever the fuck. Machine. Yeah. So you're saying ATM machine, machine. machine. You're saying machine machine, but nobody thinks about it like that. And so it's just kind of like everybody kind of, whatever. Like it, yeah, I can be if someone's doing it like annoyingly, then yeah, of course it can be annoying. But if someone genuinely is just like oh EDM music, they're not gonna know. 
When did you uh, get into producing and mixing? Oh, hello, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so I got into like mixing probably not too long after I got into the music. Pro like I think it was like 13 years old. Um, I was like, oh, I want to be like a DJ. I want to practice DJing. And so I got like a very old controller at that age and just started messing around with it. And I didn't really take it serious until I was like about 17. Oh, wow. Um, 17 is when I really started digging into like DJing, getting where I wanted to be. And then producing, I would say I got into it right around the same time that I got into like wanting to mess around. Fun fact, I've actually like had like a really old program. I don't even remember what it was called. But it was like a box with a bunch of like DVDs to download Jesus. like sample packs <laughs> and all that. Like, yeah, and I was like, I think I was like 14 and I had that all and I would like play around in it, but I didn't really dive into the concept of producing um, until around the same time I took like DJing serious. So yeah, I actually got into it a lot longer, but then I started actually like working on music like a year, a year and a half ago. So okay. Okay. Do, you, do you actually have any music out? Yeah, Shout I do out, have. Bro. I do Shout have some out. music out. Um, so one of my songs recently went on to Spotify. It's my collab with uh, Hati and Skull that we released um, a couple months ago. But I finally got on Spotify too, so it's on there, which is pretty cool. Like having a little Spotify release type thing. I didn't really name drop it, bro. Get yeah. that promo in. <laughs> I didn't really like push it too hard because the track's been out for a while. But I'll probably throw it out there, like, oh, it's on Spotify now. Um, but that's like the only official track that's up. But I have a bunch of like whips. I, like it's annoying because I'll start one and I'll get like 90% finished with it and then I'm like okay and I'll get stuck on something in that first one and I'm like okay maybe I can make it a different song and that just becomes a rabbit hole so there's like <laughs> probably a solid 10 like just songs that are in my like project folder link in the description below so <laughs> you know I should really finish some of those <laughs> get them out hey man it's something bro it's yeah. something yeah, I mean, I teased uh, I teased one like a couple weeks ago. Put it on Twitter. Did you like, play it out at the drive-in? I did play it out at the drive-in, so I got to play out one of my tracks again, which is pretty cool. Um, and then there was another one too that I teased a while back that I played out at Lights on High. So that was so. There's two that are pretty much done that I should probably just go ahead and touch up and release. Okay, so let me ask you. So how how does it feel like you know playing out a track that you're not? Because I feel like for most producers, whenever they're, like, they're making music, they're kind of like, oh, like, I don't know. Because it's like, you know, that you know, artist inside of them where they're like not 100% sure. Or even, but whenever you play it out, seeing like crowds, you know, genuine reaction, how was that like from your point of view? So I think the one I'll, I remember most, like will remember most, is At Lights All Night. Um, I played out this like side trance dubstep track that I have. And um, I was like nervous, you know. And I said it out loud. I was like, you know, hey, this is one of my original tracks. And then, like, being able to see people's genuine reaction to it is pretty cool. Because then you you know if, like, people are enjoying it or if there's people that aren't, like, too into it. But getting to see those, like, live reactions was pretty cool. And it kind of boosted that, like, track. And but it also told me if I needed to do something to it. But do you um, think that can kind of be dangerous? Because I feel like you can pro accidentally kind of go in the lane where... You're kind of making music to please others rather than you doing doing it to do it for yourself. So, I like that you brought that up because I think the way I worded it, I get what you're saying where it sounds like, oh, I'm pleasing other people. A big piece behind that is I'm not making music that I don't enjoy. True. So, like, True. I'm going to make music that I enjoy, and if it pleases people, then it's cool. But even if they didn't fully enjoy it, I still made something that I enjoy, you know? 
So that's where that like you're okay with taking that risk of playing it out. Is it gonna be good? Is it, is it gonna be good? Is it not gonna be not good? Because you made it, you enjoyed it. See if other people enjoy it. You know. True. So link in the description below. I'm gonna say that every time now. Uh, what what would you say your style of music is? Um, so my style of music, I tried to not get myself stuck in like dubstep because that's what I first started playing out live and stuff was mainly dubstep. But genuinely, I enjoy mixing all kinds of music. And I guess I found the other day, I found like a good label for it. It was just like anything that's like bass music. Like, I don't think that solidifies just to like, you know, like dubstep <laughs> or anything. But listen to me, right? So I don't think that solidifies to like dubstep, you know, or like rhythm or whatever. Like, bass music is just anything that has good bass line to it, a good drive into it. So that could be like some really good like tech house or like techno stuff that has like really strong beats. To me, that's still bass music. You're still feeling it, you're still feeling that bass. So that's where I categorize it. I just like anything that you can just feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like this, I hate this question because it, it, it affects everybody so differently. But bro, yeah. how has COVID affected you, dude? Man. Because it, it, it affected everyone so differently because going into like the whole lockdown thing, we thought it was going to be a three-month deal kind of thing, if that, and then it was just going to stop. Everything was going to blow over. But here we are, almost like a year into the shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude. So how so how has that affected you? Like, has it been good or bad? Because I feel for some like artists, producers, and DJs, it's almost been kind of good because it's kind of made them like sit down and start focusing on their stuff, like like taking it like a lot more serious. And you know, there's some people like a lot of the underground, for example, they've been blowing up just because you know they're that's all they've been doing. They've just been working on their music, yeah. changing you know. I want to say lanes or changing barriers or whatever but what they're doing is different and it's getting known because you'll see like bigger artists for example at Couchlands like how many underground tracks did you hear throughout that entire you know series of like sets yeah a good majority mm -hmm. so back to you has it been good or bad for you so quarantine in itself took me to like one of the lowest points I've ever been in my life and to one of the best points I've ever been in my life. Like, it just broke me and, like, rebuilt me in, like, a crazy way. So I can't really be mad at quarantine because I learned a lot about myself as a person. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel that I can't be working on music if I'm not good within myself because True. then I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing. So there was a good pause where I was, like, struggling with a lot of stuff and trying to figure st a lot of stuff out within myself, and I wasn't really working on music. But as soon as I broke out of that bubble and like was having all these like realizations and good stuff like that, my production and you know drive for music came back again. So I don't know. It was just like really. I think I really needed something like that where I had to sit with myself for a good minute. Do you think that would have happened if COVID didn't happen? Man, I would like to say that it would, but on a lot longer timeline. You know, I was able to go through this in three months when I feel like if it wasn't for COVID, I would have gone through it in like two years. Because I would have just been, I would have had more access to the things that were like affecting me. And I got separated from a lot of stuff and had to like take breaks. And you kind of just learn to live with it. So you can't, you couldn't really have done that. It takes a lot more willpower to do that if there's not a reason to do it. You know? True. Right. True. I don't know how to feel about live at this point. Like live streams are cool and all, but I feel like the the community is kind of like getting boring or bored of them, unless it's like a major like production company behind it. Yeah. 
I meant like the, the event, like, you know, yeah. themselves. Like, yeah, no, no, you know, I like, what you're saying. Because, like, whenever Couchlands happened, you know, people at the beginning of quarantine, they were, like, live tweeting or whatever, you know, tweeting as, like, the sets were going. And then that stopped for a while. And then Couchlands happened, and then that's when, like, you know, the feed was just constantly going with people just, like, you know, having live reactions tweeting. But, like, at, you know, at this point, you know, how many months in are we in this? Like, nine? Man. Nine months deep yeah. into the pandemic. How... What is what is your take on streams like at this point right now? At this point right now, um, I mean, I kind of agree with what you were saying in the sense of that they're getting drawn out because there's just so many going on now. And so, like you said, unless it's a major one like Couchlands or like some of the digital Mirage streams that happen where they have like a good like lineup of artists, I feel like people are just kind of drowned out on it or that it's just like a new norm. So it's yeah. kind of just like having your playlist playing on Spotify or something, you know? Right. It's, yeah. a, it's something to look forward to, like, every yeah. weekend. Like, oh, we, we know that, you know, this is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Something to look forward to, but it doesn't bring, like, that excitement as it did, you know? The genuine, like, first, like, you know, initial reaction you got whenever, you know, streams are going on. Now it's like, all right, cool, like, nice. Like, I'll tune in, you know, I'll watch it. Okay. But before, like, in the beginning, it was like, oh, shit, like, this person's playing or whatever. Yeah, and, and I'll agree, like, in the beginning, I think the live stream concept was such a cool fucking idea dude like mm -hmm. just this way for artists to still connect with their fans in a in a way like pretty much we've adapted to something so that we could still do what we enjoy right. and i think that that's where live streams are still like super cool yeah. they're still super awesome it provides a platform for so many artists to be able to be seen and heard that wouldn't have been heard initially or that maybe like would have had more trouble getting that reach. getting their name out yeah because there's so many artists that just started rising up out of quarantine like oh no I just just from like live streams or even just from clipping live streams and putting them on twitter and stuff like freaking dj you say b flow oh my dude, god dude at the beginning of quarantine. i didn't know who he was at first yeah and then you know his twitter clips you know that got my attention and then watching his like his sets and then the nocturnal waves that he did bro yeah that's so that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> the the fact that so many people that deserve recognition are, are rising up it. is so it. cool. And I think live streams have such a big piece of that. Right. Because they gave them the opportunity. Yeah, like you can't you can't go from stage to stage right. in a live stream. You're gonna listen to the whole live stream. Right. And so and not to say that, you know, going stage to stage to like see your favorite artist is a bad thing, don't get me wrong. Like do that all you want. But there's so many other artists that are on the lineup too that may get overlooked or may not get their set heard by everybody that may really enjoy it. Sure. So, I don't know, live streams are so cool in that concept. I think yeah. it's an amazing adaptation for us to still do what we want to do. And it's a good platform. It's an amazing platform. So. so, there's that, but... Okay, so for me... Okay, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about drive-ins right now. Okay. Um, at first, I was kind of like sketched out about them. I was like, is is everyone gonna you know follow the guidelines? Is everyone gonna like everyone gonna take it serious, or they just gonna say you know screw everything? It's gonna do what we want, still kind of treat it like you know like a, it feels like a like a mini festival, so to say. Yeah. How, okay, so from you, who's played one, mm -hmm. what what is like your opinion, your perspective on Dreadlands? So at first, when they were first popping up, it was a little bit sketchy. I was like, how is this gonna go? Like that's such an interesting concept. And I think, too, when they were first announcing them, it was still pretty early on in the pandemic. Like, 
or right after everything kind of went back to normal and then they closed everything again mm-hmm. they started popping up so at first it's kind of just this all around like hmm that's interesting like is it gonna be sketch is it not gonna be sketch and then when they booked adventure club for a drive in here <laughs> it's like, like dang i gotta go like you know, it's like adventure club is like my absolute favorite artist so i'm not gonna miss the chance to see them this year because i haven't seen them in this year so yeah like then I was supposed to see him at Ubi. Ubi got canceled, so it was perfect. I was like, "Sick, I can go, and I can check out a live stream too, or a drive-in and see what it looks like." And honestly, it's a pretty cool concept, you know. Like I really like the idea behind it, and I think that it can also be something that's still used even after shows come back. True. Because it's another venue. It's another way to put shows on. Right. And I'd almost say drive-ins are better than than actual shows, just because you have like that personal space. Yeah, and the ability to, you know, bring in your own drinks or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's cool. Like, it's like, you know... I thought I'm saying that just because I'm getting old now. No, (laughs) but I I know what you're saying because... um, What was I going to say? At the Adventure Club drive-in, I was talking to someone and I was like, man, this is kind of like just watching a live stream, but actually getting to be at it. So you still get to do what you enjoy, whether it's like, you know, having some drinks or eating some food or whatever. Like, you get to do what you enjoy. You're at an actual show, but it's not like you're not feeling the risk of being in a show. Right. And I, I think it's pretty cool. I really liked it. And then, like, obviously, I played one, and I'm super thankful for that opportunity. So, how was that like? That's, so, you played shows, you know, pre COVID. Yeah. yeah um, for sure. You know, PC, I guess, is what we're going to call it now. <laughs> pre COVID. Pre COVID. Yeah. <laughs> before, before COVID, BC type shit, type Hello. But no, so. From going from playing, you know, regular shows, you know, with the actual crowd, now to, you know, being in a position to where you can play, like, a drive-in, yeah. what is, like, as a DJ, as an artist, what is your perspective on a drive-in from that kind of, kind, kind of sense? Do you still get, like, the same, well, I feel like you'll still get the same rush every time if you love what you're doing. Yeah. But was it, I almost feel like it, it might be like a greater appreciation or like it gave you a bigger rush just because you know we went so long without shows and you're finally playing one and you're playing for a live audience yeah so pre-covid my last show was Grindfest uh in dallas mm-hmm. and i did it back to back with my buddy uh rook and Shut up, rook, up time. yeah that that was a pretty crazy set like that was fun bro that was, that really was fun, fun. Set, and you know the energy from that set is like fucking unmatched like you know it was so cool everybody was just fucking having a great time dude the stage right? the backs the outside the outside stage, stage the outside stage is the better stage was it packed it's the better no stage. it oh, is 100 percent was sure. packed from the front to where like you know the, the speaker platform are. is yeah. yeah the speakers the sub or whatever all the way to like where the back almost like the entrance was from like what i can remember yeah that was that, insane and that was insane dude like just seeing that many people going nuts to what you're playing and what you're doing is so fucking cool so then, of course, you go the whole quarantine, you're not playing shows, you may play some live streams, but it's not the same, like, feeling you're not getting to see a genuine reaction. You can see the reaction in the chat, but mm-hmm. it's not, like, you can't see the energy of stuff. But at the drive-in, when I got up to play, and I started playing, at first it was hard to tell. Like, it kind of felt, like, yeah, I was super pumped, I was super, like, excited, mm-hmm. nervous as all hell, like, and so I got up there, I started playing, and like I was focused, and then I looked out, because I like to look out and see if people are enjoying it. Yeah. But because it's so spaced out, and everybody's like in their own realm of like what they're doing, 
you can't tell. It's like kind of hard to tell at first. Mm -hmm. So once I got in the groove of playing again and getting in front of like getting all that energy out and stuff, then I could start noticing more. Like yeah, that they were getting into it. It just looks different. Right. But at the end of the day, it still felt the same because right. you're still playing for a live audience. You're getting to lose your like use all your energy out again. Like you know, you're not just on a like live stream recording. You're actually in front of people again that can see your energy and they'll match that. True. So. It was like, it felt just as good as that Grindfest pre-COVID, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, they felt the exact same. Same energy, same everything. It just was different. Two different realms, but same feeling in both. When do you think shows will be back? Ooh. So... Obviously, I'm part of Nocturnal Waves, so we have this conversation a lot of like when it's going to be a good time to throw real shows again. And I think right now is still not the time. Um, I don't think 2020 at all is still the time to throw like normal shows again. Um, earliest, I would say, is maybe like March of next year. Earliest. Dude, I'd almost say earliest. like late, late but I would even say dude. like I would even say like summer of 2021. Or like fall, so like they're not gonna come back as soon as we want them to. It's gonna nope. be a minute, and it's yeah. like, it, and it's just not even like it's not even that we don't want them to come back. It's just that it's not safe. It's not the safe idea to do right now. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we can't be a hundred percent safe even at a drive-in where there's more safety than being in an indoor venue. You know, like you can't guarantee people to keep their mask on, etc. So I think it's gonna be a while until we have real right. shows again like they were pre-COVID. Yeah. So we found a vaccine, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree too because then they'll be like, okay, we can give people a vaccine and then open things back up. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing too, they're trying to make it so fast, it's like they got to find right. one that's going to work for everybody mm -hmm. and it's going to take time and yeah, it's unfortunate, it sucks, but we got amazing things going on like drive-ins where we can be safer than we would be at an indoor show and to be honest, at the drive-in, like, everybody's really following the rules. Like, I didn't really see anybody taking their mask off unless they were in their own car or, like, within the vicinity of their car. Like, nobody was going around maskless. Like, nobody was, because everybody wants shows to come back, so they're gonna follow rules. Exactly. You know? So, I don't think we should try to push rules that, or try, try to push to be unsafe and break rules when we can follow rules and still be safe and still do what we want to do. Right. Okay, so, but, whenever shows do finally come back, how do you think that's gonna be like? Cause one, it's like we're we we haven't had shows in you know like over a year. You know whenever they finally do come back. Not only that, but I feel like so many people have been just working their asses off during like this whole time mm -hmm. that we're just gonna see completely different names mm -hmm. on lineups. We're not right, just gonna yeah. constantly see like the same you know bigger dubstep you know. Yeah, like, I think. Producers. How do you think that's gonna be like? I think when shows finally do come back, they're gonna be like dumb lit <laughs> like, like they're gonna be yeah, like gonna. so fucking fun like everybody's gonna be kids again dude like everybody got the, they just got their playground back like exactly. they're gonna be so fucking hype i think the energy for shows is gonna be so different when we come back because it's but, it's not just that but you're also gonna have like the wow factor of seeing somebody somebody completely different yeah you don't know like what they're gonna play you don't know their mixing styles you don't know what they do so whenever, like, you know, they get up there, they do their stuff, they perform, and they yeah. kind of, you know, take the crowd off guard, or, you know, surprise the crowd, 
that's like a whole different element on its own in terms of like the energy that it brings. Oh, absolutely. And like the fact that we'll see so many new artists on like lineups and stuff that rose up during quarantine is going to be awesome. Because mm -hmm. now you have something to look forward to, to. You found a new artist that you love through quarantine and you see them on a lineup, you're going to be so hyped. Yeah. You know, so I, I think they're going to be insane. I think at first people are going to be a little scared and nervous still, but I could also be absolutely wrong. People are just going to be ready to go. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like I'm pretty sure whenever like tickets do get announced you know because whenever they announce them they, they do it in tears mm. I promise you like every, like out. it's gonna be it's like gonna be final like tier is gonna be gone within like the first couple of days uh, oh yeah 100 percent I, I like I said I think it's I think I'm gonna be wrong in saying that I feel like people are gonna be still nervous I think people are just gonna be ready to go and I don't blame them dude I'll probably be ready to go too yeah, yeah no, finally yeah. Same. Um. Let's move on. Uh, talk about Room Squad real quick. Um, how and when did you first hear about Room Squad? The first time I heard about Rhythm Squad was actually one of the first times y'all partnered with like Waves to help out at Grime Fest, and I think you guys were like selling merch or something like that. Oh, was it when uh, was it Fizo? I think that was like the first time we ever had our name like on the on the flyer. Was so it ever Fizo one in uh, uh, Dallas? Yeah. It might have been, but I, I've heard about y'all before that. So I think there was times where y'all were selling merch before it was like actually promoting. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was like around the time that I first heard about Rhythm Squad. And then just slowly like following y'all on Twitter, following like the Rhythm Squad page and all that. Like it's really how I learned about y'all. So I would say like I probably like at this point, like two years ago was the first time I heard about y'all. We, we. I'd say it was like a while ago, but this is still fairly brand new. Like yeah. two years really isn't yeah. that that long if you think yeah, about it. Compared to like people that have been in this industry for like years, it it's we're still like relatively new. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever played in the show uh, we've hosted or Yeah. yeah. I yeah. played y'all's uh, lights on night after party. That was funny, dude. That's like that. That's such a genuine. I love that. Like I love little house parties like that where it's like you build a small lineup, and like, God, I miss that. That's another thing I miss <laughs> about like Rusos. But yeah, that's, I think it's like the first thing I played for y'all was like the lights all night after party, and then we had other after parties playing for like WW and all that. But obviously we couldn't play those out. Yeah. Um, mm, but then I also played. Yeah. <laughs> I played some of y'all's live streams too. The Zion live stream and the Chop Chowder. That one was fun, dude. I did not oh, expect yeah. that like viewer turnout for Chop Chop. Chop Chowder was lit. That was insane. That was nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> everybody killed it. Shout out to everybody on that lineup. It was a uh, Sora. It was Sora, Big Warren, David. Shout out, shout out, David, oh Big God, Warren, the Warren. fucking king, bro. It was you with the nuisance, mm -hmm. with your uh, your known villains, yeah. known villains alias. Yeah. The review of known villains. That's that was good. Cool. <laughs> that, that was that was cool. That was cool. Um, it was me. Jules and Brain, or is it Brain or Brian? Brain, brain. yeah, and Brain. Yeah, and Brain, lost Brain's a homie. Yeah. Shout, out Shout out Brain forever. Shout out Brain. Oh, yeah, so yeah, no, we've done some cool stuff, and we got some more stuff coming up, so that's going to be cool too. Stuff to look forward to there. Link in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so do you think whenever, you know, shows come back, <laughs> I don't know if we can really say much about it, but let's say if we, you know, do something, you know, with actual shows, would be interested in, like, being a part of that, like, in terms of, like, playing it and whatnot. Yeah, of course, dude. Y'all are the homies, and I'll always love to, like, stop on by and play for you guys. Sweet. So, 
never post to work with BS. Peep, peep the Texas festival after parties, you know, because we, we may be coming with some heavy hitters just saying, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anyone that we should be on the lookout in like a DFW underground scene? DFW underground scene, honestly, you guys are really good at finding people, like and following them and retweeting their stuff. I've noticed that before. I found some people that I didn't know about through you guys, which is pretty cool. I was like, damn, that's sick. <laughs> so I think you guys are pretty on top of it, um, dude. I mean, yeah, I, it's hard. Like people that we had on the Chop Shadow lineup, there were some people on that lineup that were like. Awesome. And I didn't like, know about Lost in Beijing until that. Yeah, Lost in Beijing was yeah. an artist who's been around for a while, and like he was, he'd been making moves for years. Like I met him a couple years ago, and like he was making moves, and um, I'm, I'm friends with Rugby from Lost in Beijing, and when he's telling me all this stuff, he's like, yeah, we have like some major releases like coming out. It's a bug. <laughs> and like, we have some major releases coming out, and like I'm getting booked to do all this stuff while I'm school in China, and I'm like, dude, that's fucking sick. Like. Yeah. But there was like no recognition here for that, and I always was like, "Damn, dude! Like, he deserves recognition." I, you know, I have like some of his tracks and stuff, like they're so good, and so. But yeah, I mean, like you guys put him on that lineup, and then people got to see how good of an artist it is, and it was only rugby for that set. But there's two of them, and yeah, they're right. both sick. So, like, yeah, I mean, you guys stay putting on some really good underground artists. So keep doing what you do and finding them because. Thank you. Like, I, all the names that I want to mention have already been on y'all's lineups. So. But, um, I think coming up to, like, some of, like, the last few questions, if you could go back-to-back -back with anybody, bro, who would it be, and why? Adventure Club. He owes me a back-to-back. -back. <laughs> <laughs> Layton, if you see this, I remember, dude. So, um, yeah, no, honestly, Adventure Club are, like, my absolute favorite artists, and, like, I would, it'd be a dream back-to-back -to, -back to go with them, because their mixing style is what inspires my mixing style. Yeah. And so it's just like, fuck, like, if I could play with them, I would lose my mind. What do you, what do you, I guess whenever you get to that point. Yeah. But it'd be like, all right, this is like, you know, not the end all be all, but it's like, if you were to like, I guess retire from your career, mm -hmm. and that's like one of the things you've done, would that be something, you know, you'd be comfortable saying, it's like, all right, I did this, this is what I said, like, you know, that's like one of my ultimate goals to do. Hell yeah. Would you be comfortable oh, retiring? Yeah, I'd be absolutely like comfortable. Yeah, I'd be like, I got to live out my wildest dreams. Like, I'm not going to be mad at that. So okay. I'm, I'm always going to live with that, you know. So everybody go, whoever tunes in, make sure to, to add a metric club and be like, bro, where is the back-to-back -back with a U2 and Alex? <laughs> like, we need it. We need it. Superhero Anonymous, back-to-back -back known villains. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be, a, that'd be whole, an insane back for back. Yeah, our whole little known villains thing is because, so the other half of known villains is uh, Nuisance. Baby uh, J. Baby J. So... You know, he's like, he's literally my family. So we both love Adventure Club. Like, we both absolutely love Adventure Club. And we love playing together, too, because he's also a DJ. Really good. Like, his, his some of his mixing is pretty, like, he's really good at mixing um, melodic stuff. He like, needs to give himself I, more credit, bro. Like, when he mixes melodic stuff, I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> he, he, he mixes it the way I want to mix it, and I think it's awesome. So uh check him out for sure but like our whole little known villains concept was just to be a goof off of adventure club because we love them so much and like we started playing off of just their stuff so like superheroes anonymous known villains right so we just were like fuck it that's how, and that's how the name came about too 
And like, what can we do to just play off of Adventure Club? Yes, Featuring sir. Big Chungus. Big <laughs> yes, sir. Big Chungus. Oh, my God. Number uh, three. <laughs> number two. Oh, my God. All right, so I feel like I know this answer, and I'm pretty sure I do. But if you could play any festival or event, what would it be? And why is it Lost Lands? <laughs> <laughs> why is it? I knew that was coming, dude. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> um, like, I, I am the. I think my biggest heartbreak of this year, besides some of the shit that went on in like my personal life, uh, was not getting to go to Lost Lands. Uh, was I, that gonna be your first one? This was gonna be my first. Same, bro. Lost Lands. Same, man. And like, I have been trying to go for the past, you know, two, three years that it's been going on. And the first year I was still in college and I couldn't bring myself to miss that much school because it was right before finals. And I was like, fuck, all right, I'll go next year. And then the next year, I think it was the same concept. I like couldn't go because of school. And then the third year, there was a massive Red Bull event here. And this is when I worked for Red Bull. And the minute they told us, you cannot ask off these days, September to whatever, I was like, that's fucking wow. lost lands. Like, I literally was like, you gotta be shitting me. So I missed it that year too. And has it been, is it two years or three years? Is it three years? Already or was this gonna be the third year of Lost Lands? I think, I wanna say third. This is gonna be the third year, right? I think okay, so. Okay, so then, what other, oh, it was fun, uh, something wonderful was the other one I missed school for. Not is that the, the one here? No. no that that's was, the one here at like the Texas. That's what Ubby Dubby came from. Yeah. Something wonderful. That was so a, a Speedway thing, right? Yeah. We so had something had wonderful was the other festival I missed because that was after Lost Lands. Something wonderful missed it also because of school. I was too scared to miss because of finals. Yeah. Um, the second year of Lost Lands was the whole Red Bull thing, which was last year. So I was going to go this year. I said, fuck it. I'm not going to miss this year. Bought my ticket so early and I had to miss it because of COVID. Because it got fucking shut down fucking COVID. So, so why why would it be Lost Lands though? Why would it be Lost Lands? Because the I base, just know it's a festival. Dude, dubstep Disneyland, right? Like well, not, well that too, but I feel like at that festival, like how you were talking about earlier, how you just love bass music. It's anything really bass music. Anything bass music is at Lost Lands. Like yeah. they've had like house artists at the Lost Lands. They had there and people yeah, were like lost like, their shit. And then, I mean you have people playing all sorts of different types of like bass music you have like you had liquid stranger, liquid stranger. you Gondra had white Wakan, knight wakan people you have uh fucking seven lions like melodic ass people like ghastly which throws in a good mix of everything like yeah. you have all these awesome artists at lost lands and i just know that the first time i go to lost lands it's gonna feel like i'm going home and mm. so that's why i'm gonna want to go like play lost lands because it's just like i guess in your like realm or it's my realm. like i know i'm that's gonna be my home and i know i'm gonna want to play at something that's my home exactly so good shit bro right, what would you open with who oh bro that is Dude, that's a good that's question a good, <laughs> that's a really good question um and that's a hard question because there's so many like openers that i've done that i've like really enjoyed that were like fucking awesome but at the same time come to the time when that happens if it happens no actually fucking saying if when speak that it, happens, speak it into the when that happens in the future when you're playing right. lost lands like i'm sure there's going to be some insane fucking track out there or maybe i'll have made like the it's track the that's in my EP head right shit. you know like like because i always have songs in my head that i want to make i just like when i get on the computer i'm like 
<laughs> so you know, it's gonna be the yeah. VIP intro. To it's gonna EP. be just like a sick, yeah. like you know, song that's in my head or something. And so I look forward to that day. Also, yeah. it'll be crazy. That'll be dope. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Oh, for sure. What now, if you could bring anybody up there, like let's say whether it be you know homies or any artist, who would it be for that? Like if you had Ooh. the option to bring anybody up there, who would it be? Damn, that's for like, cause this is like, you know, this is like stuff that I, I'm dreaming about, stuff that I want to dream about. Like, you know, shit. I don't know. That's just way too hard of a question. I can't. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a great yeah, question. A question. I literally would have to think on that question more. Like, I don't know who I would bring up because there's so many people. There's so many people there's that so I want to bring people. up or that I would want to work with, and then bring them up. Or if I'm working, you know, making, because I do want to make melodic stuff too. So if I have a melodic track with like the vocalist, I would love to bring the vocalist up type deal. Like. I don't know. There's so much crazy stuff. Yeah. Before we go, because I feel like everybody has the same opinion on this, what are what are your opinions on quote unquote underground shows that are going on right now that are trying trying to save the scene right now? Because they're you know trying people are trying to save the scene rather Ooh. than just you know <laughs> no rather than no let's say it as, as it is bro it's, no, it's I, our pop, no. You know rather than let just me, just me. you know using the people for their <laughs> yeah. money for their own personal stuff and taking advantage of people through like supply and demand kind of thing what are what are your opinions Dude, on this? fuck those shows um <laughs> honestly fuck those shows like we're not gonna say any names that's, that's free promo and we'll yeah. have to send them an invoice for so that, you but, know I'm, I'm um, not gonna say any names but that's not an underground show. Mm -mm. An underground show is like before COVID, there was these warehouse raves. Where you had you only never, you only knew if you have been in this text chain for like years, or you know someone in the text chain and they add you into it. Like it's one of those where the address spreads by people just sending it to people, and like you go in there, it's like a twenty dollar. You just put twenty dollars in, just fucking open bar. There's just fucking bottles everywhere. It's four or five in the morning till like you know, that's an underground show. Straight techno, like the underground show that I went to that I'll always remember was on like one of my birthdays, and the guy was spinning and he was spinning some like insane techno house tech house. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm loving this. I like I could not tell any of the songs. Like I did not know any of them. I'm like, damn. And when we got went up to walk up to where he was like mixing at. I look over, he's mixing on fucking vinyl. Oh, like, wow. it's, not, it's not even like, he's not on TJ. He has he's vinyl. Not, no, it's, not a, it's not vinyls, it's not, you know, a controller like DDJ 400 where no, it's all digital. It's, vinyl. No, like, straight vinyl. vinyl. He had his crates of records oh, next to him. Jesus. And I was like, holy fuck, that is cool that's as shit. OG. Like, that's like, I'm like, this is some real ass shit right here. Like, that's how I knew, like, that's underground. Something where you're like, this is what it used to be like. Yes. This is what raving is, is being under, like, not some shows that you put together with your friends and run around the pandemic. some fucking like quinceanera venue like, you know, like <laughs> right. that's not a fucking right. underground right. show bro no. if you're hiding people because the cops show up to your show that's not underground. i don't give a fuck dude and especially like it's it'd be different let me add context here because i feel like we didn't say this if this was going on without a pandemic going on i wouldn't give a fuck <laughs> that's cool like plan some shows with your homies you know, sell some tickets, get some like, you know, regional artists, regional acts. That's fucking cool. cool. You can do that. That's cool as shit. That's technically how Grimefest started. Was homies throwing like a show. So how, by the homies know, for the homies. By the homies for the homies. Long live the underground. Like, we literally are underground shows. 
But, but there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> like, it's not, like, that's, I think that's what people don't understand. I think people take that to heart too much, that I'm saying all of these shows are not, bro, it's a pandemic. It's just not the time. Like, if you weren't doing this in the middle of a pandemic, maybe it would be a completely different story. But you're doing it in the middle of a pandemic, and you're boldly, like, proud of it. And that's <laughs> not, yeah. that's what's the issue, is you're proud of doing something that's putting so many people at risk. And only delaying what we want to bring back for real. Yeah. And so, for the people that are going to say, oh, it's just like a one event, or it's just in Texas, or it's just, you know, just no, one. Yeah, this is going on all over the United States. Yeah. Like, if I could call them all out, I fucking would. Dude, you know? there, I'm not, because I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but I, there's there's one artist on Subsidia that was actually, like, promoting, like, uh, that a show that he's like playing on I'm just like why would you do that why would you shoot yourself in the foot yeah it's just you know and I think be smart like if you're an artist be smart for real think about it you know don't like, even do it with like don't even just like cancel like or deny a show just cause you're gonna be like oh how's this gonna look on like you know in my career like, like two years down the line like do it cause it's responsible it because it's responsible right. and like if you get booked to play something like a drive-in or something of that concept then yeah, okay, if you're comfortable with, you know, what that means, then do it. Like, I did it, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, don't play shows, because everybody wants to play shows again. Yeah, right. But play the safe and smart shows, right. don't play these. Be smart you know, and be responsible. Don't play some event that kids are throwing on because right. they can't live without getting fucked up every weekend. Exactly. So, like, it's just... Drops mic. <laughs> into the description below. There's professionals for a reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, like when you're promoting stuff like that as hard as they are the big names in the scene are going to see it big promotion companies and they're never going to want to work with someone that was doing something as irresponsible as that right during the pandemic right you know it's either that or it's like the people that are starting to show their true colors and you know want to work with them just because they see the the income it's bringing it's like oh i want to share that or i want to share that yeah and it's just again because it's a pandemic guys there's literally a pandemic going on. It's like so. you really want to party that bad? Yeah. Like, For real. Just just get a case of Trulies, get a case of fucking beer, just right. go home, watch it, watch a stream, chill. Right. Like, that's it. That's all you gotta do. It's not that hard. Yep. It really isn't. Hold on, we don't. Can we bleep that out? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, yeah, we just say gotta some shit. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the beep. Yeah. <laughs> or just put air horns over it. <laughs> Some real DJ shit. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's what I have to say on that. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree with that, dude. Just be, guys, be smart, be responsible. Um, it's been Alex, Valent, here with us, keeping hot. We got half of 48, 24 over here, aka <laughs> Andy on show. Uh, I'm Danny, your paths. It's been nice, it's been real. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it this far, uh, comment uh, Big Chungus in the comments or some shit if you made it this far. And Keep your eyes locked because I have a stream coming up that has some pretty awesome people on it. Keep it locked. We got Alex. We got streams coming up. We got IDs dropping soon. All of his info should be down in the description below. Like, to being honest this time, being real this time, uh, we'll put all that information down there. So make sure to get uh, check him out, give him a follow, and do all the good stuff. All right? It's been Random Squad, Squad Talks, Episode 1. Thank you so much for tuning in.